Welcome to the Unlock Your Best Version podcast. Here, we'll inspire each other as extraordinary women to stand stronger, be independent, wiser, smarter, and fun. You'll find tons of inspirations to gain your confidence by being the authentic you, living the life you desire, and getting all the love you deserve. I'm your host, Sylvia Silvers, and let's get started. Hi, Extraordinaries. Um, I don't know where to start because I met this amazing, amazing, amazing Extraordinary Woman. Um, she has a lot of personalities, identities, or let's hear from her. She's best-selling author of 31 books, university professor, film critics, podcaster, YouTuber, influencer, and then life and business coach. Let's welcome Dr. Trina Boyce. <laughs> Thank you, Sylvia. It's such an honor to be here with you and your guests or your listeners. The honor is mine. <laughs> so um, I, I read all of uh, your story and then let's start from the books, 31 books. It's amazing because I'm in the middle of writing my book and um, still halfway. And then I know the struggle is real, but you complete 31 books and they're all best-selling books. So maybe you can give the, some advice or something <laughs> <laughs> to us to add our value and knowledge and especially me <laughs> to finish my book soon. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm so proud of you for starting a book. I think most people have a book inside them. Most people would say, yeah, I would love to write a book, but, you know, life gets in the way. And so most people don't write a book. So you're doing it. And a lot of times people will ask me, well, how do you write a book? And I always say, well, you have to start writing. <laughs> and sometimes when I start a book, it turns out to be a very different book. The beginning is different than how it ends up. And it just is an evolution. It's a really fun journey and adventure. So anyway, I'm really proud of you. And I listened to the podcast where you were saying your kids are starting to follow your example. Kids are very creative. And so if they can write a book, I think that's such a fun project that you can do together. In fact, I have four sons and I wanted to write a book with each of them. So far, I've only written one with my oldest son and he was really interested in dating and marriage and relationships when he was in college. And so I said, hey, let's write this book together. And so I approached one of the publishers that I had been working with and said, what do you think of this idea? And they said, awesome, do it. So we wrote this book and it, it turned out really well. And um, it's called Base Hits and Home Run Relationships. Things women <laughs> wish men knew. <laughs> And so I used a baseball theme because I thought, well, you know, I really want men to read the book and they like baseball. So I called my son in the book, Coach Cooper, because his name is Cooper. And so his parts of the book were, you know, I wrote 
kind of from a mom's perspective. And he wrote from this young single guy's perspective. And he had done a ton of research. And honestly, the best part of the book is the stuff that he wrote. And anyway, the book turned out really cute. But what's amazing is it inspired him to create an extremely popular dating app. And it is super successful. And while I would love to think that my books are very meaningful and help people, because that's my goal, they're all nonfiction books, his dating app is bringing couples together that are ending up getting married and starting their own families and the ripples of his work it will go on forever and ever. And I'm so proud of him. So that's why I said, sometimes when you start with a book idea, the book might evolve and turn into something different, but it also could turn into a career or a completely different product that you take to market. So I think the first step, as I mentioned, is just start writing, just start doing it and let that natural process take over. And because you don't know what's going to happen. And if it, if your words help one person, then it is time very well spent. Don't you think? Yes. Agree. Totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was a little girl, one day I was in my garage and I don't know why I was just exploring just, you know, at least American garages are filled with all kinds of junk. And so I was looking through my parents stuff and I found this little box and inside were note cards with quotes on them. And I don't know why, but it really impacted me. I thought these inspirational quotes were the coolest thing ever. And in that moment, something entered my mind and my heart, and I knew immediately I was going to be an author. And so something told me, start collecting these inspirational quotes and stories because you're going to use them in your future books to help and inspire other people. And again, I didn't really know what I was going to write about, but I just knew I was going to be a published author. And what's interesting is, of course, I definitely have used a lot of those in all of my various books. I went from keeping these little notes in a little card box to a big shoe box to a filing box to filing cabinets. And luckily now it's just all on my computer (laughs) because I was filling my house with all these filing cabinets full of things. But (laughs) I've used them in my books over the years, but it also has turned into my own daily podcast. So I actually have a podcast called Daily Inspirational Quotes with Trina Boyce. And you can listen to it on any podcasting platform, you know, Spotify or iTunes. It's even available as an Alexa app. Do they have those in Indonesia where you live? Uh, Alexa. You know, voice assistants and stuff? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, it's available on podcasting platforms, so you can listen to it that way. Anyway, again, it was just something that uh, inspired me as a little girl. And I think I know a lot of your listeners are probably wondering, 
well, like you, you shared with me, you had this vision for yourself that you knew you were meant for more. You knew you were meant for greatness. And maybe you didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but you had this feeling inside you. And so I would encourage all your listeners to really pay attention, listen to those heart songs that come out of your soul, the things that are telling you what you could or should be doing in this life. Now, a lot of times we think, oh, I only have one thing I'm supposed to do in my life. And in fact, uh, I have just started working on an online course. I have, I'm a lifelong learner and so much so that I created this school called Lifelong Learning Education com And I have all of these online courses for professional development and personal enrichment. But, um, and so your listeners can go and check those out. But so I just started creating a course called Finding Your Life's Purpose. And before we started recording, we were talking about how really you don't have just one purpose. I think also you're, all the listeners in your audience are wives and mothers and sisters possibly, and certainly friends and community members, and all of those things are part of their life's purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And it could be a business, an entrepreneurial venture, and all of those things help create a balanced, beautiful, rich life. So think about the talents that you have. And again, that, that heart song that sings when you really stop and meditate and it will help lead you to the things that you really want in your life you are i think um the more i talk to you you are one of the person that i really would love to meet (laughs) (laughs) it's like um the voice that you raise um for the women is exactly the voice that i i also would love to raise. Um, it's really amazing, like how uh, you know the universe can somehow bring us together, like the same-minded people. That's why I really love to surround myself with this amazing women because somehow, whatever it is, like uh, you never know uh, what one day it will bring us like from out of this conversation, maybe someone out there listening to this podcast and then they are, they have this, they, they've been like, you know, inspired and maybe start writing and then start listening to their intuition and then become someone. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it's kind of amazing. You live in Indonesia. I live in Las Vegas, Nevada in America. And we came together like the universe just brought us together to have this conversation. And I think that our mission and desires are definitely aligned because you and I both want to help women level up and become that woman that they want to be, the woman that they know is inside them. My mantra is with women especially is to help you to live your best life, to take that step. And, you know, we can manifest to the universe or pray or dream or have vision boards, but we have to take that first step. We have to take action and you're doing it. You're writing a book. You just started a podcast. And so it's super scary, isn't it? (laughs) It is. 
Yeah. Every day I do things that scare me and it's those things that propel you forward. And so you have to be brave. One thing that I teach all the time, but both to my university students, as well as to my clients is the concept of the growth edge. Have you heard that expression before? You know what a growth edge is? So we use it in management. I have a doctoral degree in management and leadership. We talk about the growth edge all the time. And what it is is kind of an imaginary line. And think of everything that you're used to and comfortable with. And those are on one side of that edge. Your comfort zone, right? The things you know how to do, the things you already know you like, where you feel comfortable and safe. And then that imaginary line separates you from that growth edge. And on the other side of the growth edge are things you don't know how to do, scary things, things you would like to do, but they make you feel a little nervous and anxious, like being on a podcast or starting a podcast or writing a book or starting a business or whatever. Those are scary things. But if you're willing to walk across that growth edge, step across that line into the unknown, guess what happens? What's on the other side? Growth, right? And then what's amazing is every time you take another step into doing something scary or uncomfortable or unknown, that growth edge keeps pushing forward and your comfort zone and your levels of skills actually expands because now you know even more things. You develop more talents and skills. And so that is constantly moving. I, My husband and I always joke and say, when are we going to be done learning? <laughs> never, <laughs> never. And that's a good thing, you know, because we always feel like, oh, when can we just be comfortable and relax? Well, never, because that means you're not growing anymore. So when you feel scared and nervous, that's the indication that you're crossing that growth edge into growth. Uh, You're feeling that a lot lately, aren't you? Yeah, especially because um, I started to, you know, um, use English quite a lot lately. And then I know that, you know, I have this broken English because English is not my mother language. And uh, I make a lot of mistakes with my grammar, of course. And uh, I keep thinking about it. Uh, in the beginning, like, how can I like grow even even bigger I wanna I want to raise my voice even like you know um, more that's how it is like I come to think about it I was thinking I have to use English because English is international language and but I learned English only in the school it is it wasn't really fun and pleasant thing back then um but I just do it <laughs> I just try you're my best. Amazing. I mean, your <laughs> goals are very ambitious. And then you throw a foreign language on top of all of that. That's so amazing. Thank I you. think women, we're the worst. There's a reminder for Trina. That's my voice assistant. Did you hear that? I don't know yes. if you did. It's a little machine. It tells me I have a reminder. Every hour I tell it to remind me to do squats and lunges and exercises <laughs> because I'm sitting at my desk almost all of the time and the hours go by so fast. And so it reminds me every time. Um, 
Oh, I forgot what I was just going to say. You are very tech woman. I'm using, <laughs> um, I'm using my basically uh, alarm <laughs> to remind me to do something. Sometimes I, I also like, you know, um, do a bit squat or just do some little exercise while <laughs> doing something yeah. in front of Yeah, oh, I know what I was going to say is that we women are really hard on ourselves. We have a lot of negative self-talk that tells us, oh, you're, yeah. you're not good enough. Who's going to listen to you? What do you have worth saying to the world? You know, that kind of stuff. And that negative self-talk prevents us from doing scary things and becoming that person that we know we can become. And uh, so as you know, as you're talking about learning a foreign language, and that's just so amazing to me. And you need to pat yourself on the back for doing something truly amazing. Yes, you deserve that because I'm just so impressed. I've been trying to learn Mandarin and it's so hard because of the tones. Do you have tones in your native language too? Indonesian, no. But um, I, I also learn Estonian language because that's my, my husband's language. Yeah. And um, Mandarin, um, I can, before I, I learned uh, to speak Korean a little bit because I have best friend in Korea. Uh, wow. I, I love to learn language. <laughs> yeah. I speak Spanish, but I've been speaking it for many, many years. I remember when my older sister came home from school, she was, I think she was in sixth grade and she came home and she taught us a few words in Spanish. And I thought saying sounds in a different language and having it mean stuff, I that just blew my little mind. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So anyway, I've been learning Spanish for many, many, many years, ever since I was young. And so just recently, I started trying to learn Mandarin. My uh, One of my sons married a girl from China. And so I thought, okay, I need to learn this. And I was actually going to China uh, many times during the year to do uh, business trips. And... It's just so different. I had forgotten how, you know, because I've been speaking Spanish for so long, I forgot how hard it is to learn a language. Plus, I'm a lot <laughs> older now, too. But that's the other thing, too, about taking that that step into the growth edge is being willing to make mistakes, knowing it's not going to be pretty when you try something for the first time, right? You're going to, especially a language, you know, you're going to make mistakes. You have to be willing to laugh at yourself and just know ahead of time, like the first draft of your book is going to be terrible. It just <laughs> is. That's why we call it a draft. And, you know, as an author coach, when I'm working with my clients, they have such a difficult time writing because they're editing it while they're writing it. And I said, no, 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 just write garbage. Just get it out there. We can clean it up later, but just let your ideas flow because when you start editing it while you're writing it, you're preventing yourself. You're stopping that creative flow. You're already correcting it and being critical of what you're writing. So just write, just write. And if 
you are working with like a professional publisher or, you know, getting it published through a publishing house, they'll have a professional editor that will go through all the messy stuff and help fix some of that kind of stuff. So just get your ideas out there. And some people are just naturally good at getting on their computer and typing and right and being creative. And other people have a really difficult time. Like with you, when you write, are you writing in English or Indonesian? I write in English. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Because I don't care about the grammar. I just write down what. Oh, yeah. No, your grammar is very good. But I was going to say another technique is some people do better if they speak their book. You know, you can get into, uh, there's all kinds of software, but most computers, at least in America, come with Microsoft Word, and there's a dictate function. There's a little microphone, and you can just push that and start talking your book, and it just starts writing what you're saying. And it knows yeah. the correct grammar, and it knows the correct spelling. So that's one way to kind of speed up the process a little bit, too. Yeah, that's what, what writing... my son's doing. What's that? My son, my son, the nine-year-old boy. Yeah. That's how he did it. He just want to talk. He didn't really want to write because I love to like do the handwriting. And then sometimes if I feel that I, I type, but mostly I love to sit down outside and then while the, the fresh air and everything, yeah. and then I started to write. Yeah. But he loved to talk. So that's how I uh, download the app and then he started to talk and then <laughs> he wanna, so he was like, yeah. I think a lot of times my clients think that there's one right way to write a book and there's not, it's like you just described, you know, you could be sitting outside with old fashioned paper and pencil and another person can be dictating it. Another person going to be pounding on their typewriter or the computer. So it's mm -hmm. finding what works best for you. The goal is to find that flow and that inspiration. Are you writing nonfiction or fiction, by the way? Nonfiction, nonfiction, because, um, yeah, that's, I, I want to inspire <clears throat> that like, um, my journey, basically <laughs> I yeah. write about it and, yeah, funny thing is um in my bag I don't really usually I don't carry lipsticks or something, but I always carry pen and notebooks and <laughs> books. That's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's um uh, because the idea like pop up like everywhere. I don't wanna miss it. So I always yeah. like Oh, you're very, very smart. I tell all my clients the same thing. So here's a tip uh, for writing nonfiction. And in case any of your listeners oh, you so much. I would like that. <laughs> get your pen and paper out and write these tips, um, because I know a lot of business owners think that they probably should write a book. And it's absolutely a great idea because it's kind of like today's version of a business card. Instead of saying, here's my business card, and you just give them you know, a little card with your name on it or whatever. Instead, you say, here's a book I wrote. All of a sudden, you have increased credibility and authority, and they recognize you as an expert in your field or your industry or whatever it is that you're writing a book in, right? Um, so a lot of times, like you, people want to write a book about maybe their life and share the inspiration that they've learned over the years, which is great. So this is super important to keep in mind. 
when it comes to nonfiction, and all of my books are nonfiction, people will buy a nonfiction book like a biography if someone is very, very famous and they just want to know about that person. So that's great. But if you're not very, very famous, they're not going to be inspired or compelled to buy your book unless they believe that you can solve one of their problems. And this is a true principle for all business is you need to first identify who your audience is because how you write is absolutely determined by who that perfect buyer and reader of your book is, right? The tone, the imagery, the symbols, the examples, everything. And it determines everything about your marketing. So you have to first be really clear. Like for you, it's a woman entrepreneur, right? Is that who you're writing your book for? Yeah. So that's super important to be clear on that. And then you want to offer benefits, for writing your book. So sometimes when people have businesses and they want to market a product, or if that product is a book, they they tend to market using language that refers to the features. Like, let's say I offer a bunch of online courses. So I could say, oh, this course has 15 modules and 37 videos and 16 PDFs. Nobody cares about that. They want to know if that course is going to solve their problem, right? Mm. People buy the transformation. So as you're writing your book, you have to be really clear. What is the benefit that you're promising your reader? What is the transformation? So ask, where is that person at point A? And how are you going to get them to point B? Because you've got to have either some secret or a system or a series of experiences that led you to simple steps that that person can take to get to their destination, whether it's feeling better about themselves or losing weight or starting a business or whatever your book is going to be about, or even your business, um, to focus on how your consumer, your buyer, your reader is going to benefit. So that also determines how you market so that people say, oh, I have that problem. That author knows how to solve the problem. I'm going to buy the book. So maybe your yours, in the case of your book, maybe your entrepreneur is a wife who's so busy with her children, she has no idea how is she going to find time to start a business, right? That might be the big problem. How do you squeeze these moments in your very already busy day to start a whole business? Um, and there are lots of techniques and tech tip, tips and tricks that you can do, you know, that your book might share. Or maybe your book is about marriage. Uh, how do you have a happy marriage? How do you have a marriage with a different or with someone from a different culture? What are the common problems and how do you solve those um, discrepancies or how do you create new traditions from two different cultures? You know, there are so many things you've, you've got more than one book in you. I can tell, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because That's I just listed a bunch of things that you could <laughs> easily write books about that you're uniquely qualified for. Yeah. I should talk to you after this podcast. <laughs> 
Absolutely. That's what I do. That's what I do. So Betty, yeah, Betty of your listeners are, are thinking about a book or maybe they already have a book out there and it's just not selling like they were hoping, then absolutely. In fact, I have a gift for anybody listening. You can go to my website called From Book to Business. And it's the number two rather than spelling out the word two. So it's From Book and then the number two business.com. And so you can get, there's several gifts there and they are some marketing ideas for any business. So whether it's, if you want to sell more books or sell more, whatever it is your business is, um, there are tons of marketing ideas that can help you with that. And, and then of course I have another gift. If anyone in your audience is interested in writing a book which I highly recommend, uh, that I am happy to offer a complimentary strategy session of 30 minutes where we can talk about your book, talk about your goals. What I do when I start with new clients is I look at, for example, if you already have a platform, if you have social media or a website, we'll look at your branding and your messaging. We start building a marketing funnel. Those are the very first things that I start working with because those are really important. Um, but the good news is it's really easy to publish a book nowadays. Back when I started like 150 years ago, <laughs> um, we didn't have the internet when I started writing books. The only way to be published was to actually find a literary agent who would then submit your book manuscript to publishing houses. And that is a very time-consuming, lengthy process. Now, anybody can go onto Amazon and just upload their manuscript. Boom, you're published which is amazing. There are pros and cons of doing it one way or the other, but we have options now and some really easy options. So do they have Amazon in Indonesia? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I know it's in some countries they don't. Um, and some countries are, are just sort of new and they're growing and building in the various countries like Estonia, for example. Uh, I think Estonia is more tech than other countries. <laughs> yeah. So do you think you'll self-publish or do you want to find a publishing house that will publish? I I actually, I want to, if I write the book, I want to get the goal to become a New York best-selling author. <laughs> That's a very good goal. It's a difficult goal, but it's definitely achievable. I want to write. Requires, yeah. Well, so what, what I recommend to first time authors is, especially because I'm trying to think if so far, all but one of my clients are American. Um, I do actually have one in China. Um, and so in China is a little bit different, but anyway, um, when you publish a book, you have a couple of choices. In America, especially, you can, you know, publish it, self-publish it and go onto Amazon, or you can do the traditional publishing route, right? Um, and so the first 
goal is to become a number one bestseller on Amazon. And there are a series of steps that I take all my clients through to get them to hit number one on Amazon. Part of that is building this platform and building a big list. So for example, depending on your genre, you can hit number one on Amazon if you have between 50 and 100 sales in one day. And so, and there, like I said, there are a series of things that I walk my clients through, like setting up um, what's called a street team. And those are dedicated buyers who are absolutely going to buy your book the day that it launches and then write a review within the first 24 to 48 hours. And if you can do that, boom, you can hit number one on Amazon. Again, depending on your niche. um, But another hidden secret is that when you first upload your book to Amazon, normally you are only given a handful of categories or niches to put your book in. But once you have set your book or set it up, you can then request up to 13 categories and you can hit number one in multiple categories. And that's really easy to do. Well, it's not, it's not easy, but it's simple to do. If you follow, yeah, if you follow my steps, I can get you there. So the next goal would be New York Times, but that requires a lot of time and money and a lot of purchases. Again, depending on the niche, you might need to hit 100,000 purchases or 10,000 purchases uh, in you know, five to seven day period. So you've got to have a big platform with a big following, but it's still absolutely doable. But you take baby steps and then you can get there. Baby step first. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then another way to hit number one is, in fact, I uh, work with someone and she does what's called an anthology. Do you know that word? Do you know what an anthology is? It's like a collection. So she'll get a bunch of different authors together on a particular theme, like maybe it's leadership, for example. And so everybody writes a chapter and she has a huge following. She only accepts other authors who also have huge following. So let's say they all have a list of 10,000 followers and you invite 20 authors to contribute to the book and they're all pushing the book launch to their followers, boom, you can hit a hundred thousand sales, you know, because you're starting with a big base of followers and subscribers. So you could get there for sure. Yeah. I I know um, one, one lady also did the same thing, just like what you said. Right. There are lots of people that do that. Yeah. Um, One I know that I've worked with, in fact, I contributed to one of the books that she was putting together and we hit number one in three categories, both in America and and in England. And um, another one, she's actually from Finland and she now lives in America and she does that and hits New York Times bestseller all the time. But um, with her, she requires a fee and a minimum of followers. Like I said, I think she charges like $5,000 for you to even be invited to the group uh, to help pay for all of the stuff that she's doing. And then you have to have a big list of about 10, five to 10,000 people, depending on the book that she's doing. 
So that's a great goal. You'll definitely get there. But first, you got to get this first book out, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, yeah. I think it's really I, important to have lots of goals. And you definitely do. And I think your listeners do. And so it's, you know, baby steps, taking action every day, and just moving forward. Um, back when I was a teenager, I created this bucket list. You know what a bucket list is? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, your English is so good, but I don't want to say something in case you don't know what it is. It yeah. basically is just a list of your lifetime goals, right? And so for years, I would look at the list and think, someday, someday I'll do that thing. And of course, someday never comes. And so finally, I think I was in my 30s and I said, I'm not going to look at this list anymore. I'm going to move this list to my calendar and set a date and make these things happen. And that made such a big difference. I just said, I'm not going to dream anymore. I'm going to take action and make these things happen. And so I've done a bunch of this stuff on my bucket list. But the bad thing about a bucket list is I keep adding more and more things. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I think like... um... That's the message also that I want to raise because I've seen so many, so many, so many women. But in, like, in my opinion, if I'm like too many, that you know they knew that something could be better. They knew probably that someone could help them, but they just don't want to take that action. You know, it's just become for me become the ignorance. You know, if you know that you could do something better, but you don't take that action, but you know who can help you or how to get there, but you didn't do anything, nothing will change. Just hoping will not change, right? Exactly. Exactly what what you say, you know, stop looking at just wishing, stop wishing, just do do it. It it probably in the beginning, quite very scary must be like to step out of our comfort zone, but you know, once you achieve that, even not as as um, as good as you wish for, but it's like, you know, you know that, wow, you win it. Then you can do something. And then that's how you push yourself to keep growing and growing and growing and growing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like I keep saying, it's scary and it's messy when you first start. It is. <laughs> and so if you already know that ahead of time, you know, it's not going to be perfect. It's okay. You're still moving forward and eventually it could be perfect. And even if it's not, oh, well, life is not perfect, is it? <laughs> yes. Or we could, we could say that life is perfect, you know. <laughs> Just um, well, Especially if you have kids, you know that life is messy and imperfect. And I think, too, as women, we need to embrace that imperfection and just celebrate what is, right? Instead of... I think women, oftentimes, we wish things were different. We wish things were better. And we have this sense of uh, dissatisfaction. And it can make us very grumpy and cranky and critical because we have this perfect idea in our mind. And I think gratitude and that feeling of gratitude for what we do have raises that energetic level and makes us find more joy in the day. You know, I think a lot of times women, men too, you know, we, 
we know we want to be there already, but we're not there. And so we're frustrated. And we feel like once I reach that goal, then I'll be happy. But that steals the joy away from today, that you have to appreciate what is today while you're moving forward, you know, but to to feel grateful for that imperfection and be grateful for the opportunity to keep moving forward. I have another free gift for your listeners in case they struggle with this. (laughs) Because of the pandemic, of course, everybody's lives have been changed. And I love to travel around the world, although I haven't been to Indonesia yet. I have been to a lot of places. You have me. (laughs) It's on my bucket list for sure. Um, But a lot of times, I mean, especially with the pandemic, you know, we've had to cancel a bunch of trips. Everybody's had to cancel plans. And I think sometimes people are feeling stagnated. You know, you feel like you're stuck. We can't move forward. And people say, when the pandemic ends, then I can start on this goal, right? And so we have that feeling of dissatisfaction and being stuck. And so so if you go to this website I created called findingjoytoday.net, you can find um, some free gifts. Uh, There are some strategies and techniques to help you find that joy today, to be focused on the good that does exist in the world, and to be happy today because tomorrow's not promised, you know, and we have to have joy and happiness each day and not wait to live that full life five years from now when you reach that goal, whatever it is, that it's really important to look for those moments of joy. For example, I I know your listeners can't see this, but Sylvia can see this. I always said, someday when I'm really rich, I'm always going to have fresh flowers. Oh, can you see that? Yes. It's, a little, it's a little tiny bouquet. Um, and it's real. And it smells beautiful. Uh, anyway, I always thought, oh, flowers are so expensive. and and uh, But if I'm rich, I'm going to have fresh flowers every day. And this actual bouquet actually came to me from my youngest son's girlfriend. She is so amazing. Every time she walks in my house, she brings me flowers because she knows how much I love them. And it just brings me so much joy. And she and I are alike because we're both gift givers. And so it brings her joy knowing that she has helped me find joy in my day. Now, I don't like lots of clutter all over my house. However, if you saw my desk, you would say, wow, what is all of that stuff? Um, in fact, let's see. What? Let me see if I have anything from Estonia sitting on my desk. I have lots of little trinkets and things that I've bought on my travels around the world or little gifts that people have given me. And because I spend a lot of time sitting here at my desk, when I just look at them, I just feel joy. And it's such a simple way to surround my day, surround my life with things that bring me joy. It could be just little things like, I know, again, your audience can't see this. Do you know do you know who this is? <laughs> Can you see him? Who is that? <laughs> I don't know. His name is Groot. He's from 
the Marvel movies called the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> My son must know. <laughs> your, your kids probably watch it. Anyway, I love this little character. He's so, so cute. And so I have him sitting on my desk and he just literally makes me smile. You and I were talking earlier. I'm a film critic. I love to talk about movies. And so this is, let's see, look at the other things on my desk. This is the only movie. Let me think. Yeah, this is the only movie thing I have on my desk right now. But um yeah, just the simple idea of surrounding yourself with beauty, surrounding yourself with things that bring you joy. And those things can give you energy to keep moving forward, even on those hard days, because there's a lot of hard days, aren't there? Now I now I remember one thing that I want to ask you is uh, the recommendation for the family movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the newest Disney movie to come out is one that you absolutely should watch because it features <laughs> Indonesia. It's a new movie called Raya and the Last Dragon. Right now, it's only available on Disney Plus, and you have to pay an extra fee of almost $30. I think it's like $29.99 or something like that. It's kind of expensive. So if you don't have Disney Plus or access to it or don't want to spend the money, wait. It'll eventually show up in other places. But it's really a beautiful movie. It's visually, it's stunning to look at. And what it does is it combines the cultures of Indonesia, your homeland, with the Philippines, um, Cambodia, Thailand, and Vietnam. And the Disney animators traveled to all of those countries so they could really capture the essence of your beautiful part of the world. And so, like I said, visually, the animation is gorgeous and it just makes you want to go there to visit those beautiful lands. Um, and it's an adventure story. And it's also, it features a female heroine. You know, now is the age of female empowerment in movies and so of course the star or the protagonist is a woman but here's another one do you get netflix in indonesia yes. you do all right so this movie comes out this friday it's very very cute and very family friendly and it's called yes day yes day so, Yes day. Yep. Because you know, as a mom, you probably say no. How many times a day? Right? Because you, you're trying to keep your kids safe and healthy. And so you are, especially if you have little kids, you're saying no, 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 don't do that. No, 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 can't do that. Right? And so Jennifer Garner, whom I love, I think she's so beautiful and so charming. She plays the mom. And it shows the beginning of the movie how she was young and carefree and spontaneous and fun. And then, like all of us moms, we become moms and we have to, you know, put the law down and be strict and discipline our kids and, and we're no fun. And so her kids were saying, Mom, you're no fun. And so uh, this guy at the school suggested to this family to have a yes day, which means that the parents have to say yes to everything for 24 hours. But 
they do have ground rules. Like they're not allowed to do certain things just to keep everybody safe, you know, like crazy stuff. Anyway, and so all kinds of shenanigans ensue in the movie, but it's really sweet because the family learns to love and appreciate each other while they're having all of these crazy adventures. And I really like that idea of having a yes day with your kids. Yeah, it is. It is. Because <laughs> I know they get tired of hearing us say, no, we can't do that. No, we can't afford that. No, we don't have time to do that, right? No, we're not allowed to do that. So you could, if you don't want to do it for 24 hours, you could just say from the time they wake up till the time they go to bed <laughs> or even just three hours or something like that, whatever. But to let yeah. them see you as a mom as being young and vibrant and fun, right? I think it's a great idea. So that's yeah. a super cute family-friendly movie I recommend. Wow, definitely. I will watch it. <laughs> yeah, in my fact, I'm going to be posting my movie review. I have my website, which is moviereviewmom.com, but I post all my reviews on YouTube on the Movie Review Mom YouTube channel. And so I always try to give parents the heads up, you know, if there's profanity or violence so that parents can decide for themselves if they think it's a good movie for their families or not. So that's kind of my goal with that. Oh, so. Oh, you have so many things <laughs> you're doing. How can you manage all of that? Oh, I love variety. I think for, in English, they say variety is the spice of life. But people ask me all that time, how, I mean, all the time, how do you balance life? So I will share an experience with you. Um, many years ago, I was actually given the honor as Young Mother of the Year for the state of California from an organization called American Mothers. And my kids are still laughing about that award because they know I'm not a perfect mom. But I got to represent the organization at the conference. It was called the Governor's Conference for Women. And do you know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is? <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. The big, big muscle man. Yeah, yeah the Terminator. Yes. <laughs> He actually became the governor of California when I was living there. I grew up in California and then um, raised my family there for a number of years. We love California. My husband's from California. But anyway, so every year, the tradition for the governor is to have this big conference for women. So there were 10,000 women at this event, many of them entrepreneurs and mothers and there were incredible speakers and workshops and keynote addresses, and it was just amazing. But I'll never forget, during one of the workshops, I went into this big uh, conference room area, and they had a panel of female speakers. And each one of these women were amazing. They were rich and famous and successful in their various areas of life. And so I was very excited to hear what they had to say. So when they opened it up for questions and answers, someone in the audience raised her hand and said, how do you do it all? How do you balance everything you're doing? Because these women were amazing. And honestly, a lot of the women said, well, 
I have a nanny who takes care of the kids. Well, I have a cook who takes care of all of our meals. Well, I have a cleaner and a housekeeper who takes care of the house. You know, and we're all sitting there like, well, we're not rich and we can't afford all of those things. So how do you balance it when you have to do it all yourself, right? And I'll never forget Meg Whitman. At the time, she was CEO of eBay. Do you know the company eBay? Yes. People can sell their stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, amazing lady. And I so appreciated her answer because she said, you know what? You have to know ahead of time, you're not going to be able to give 100% to each area of your life every single day. There's just not enough time or energy. So one day you might be focusing on your kids. Maybe you have a yes day with your kids and you are 100% an awesome mom that day, but maybe you had to take work off. So your work is going to suffer a little bit, but that's okay because it balances out. Maybe the next day you give 100% to your job and you're awesome. You crush it in your job you know, but maybe you get home late and you miss dinner with the kids. So there's that balancing or maybe your marriage, you know, you're so busy. You don't have time to have a romantic weekend, you know, this weekend because you're working or doing whatever, but the next weekend. So it's a give and take. It's that ebb and flow of life and knowing that your priorities will always make sure that there's balance. So the days that you're working really hard, You make a promise to your kids and say, okay, tomorrow is our yes day or tomorrow is whatever, you know, Um, and make sure that you're constantly evaluating how you're doing in your life. So usually every Sunday, um, that's the day I go to church. It's the Sabbath day for me as a Christian. I take time to reflect on my goals. I look at myself in seven different areas. So physical, spiritual, mental, social, emotional, uh, professional, financial. Did I repeat any of those? Anyway, to kind of do a little check-in. Yeah, and I did that with my kids too. On Sundays, it's just a really good day of rest where we can be really reflective. And I would have a binder for each of my kids and we would set goals or they would set goals with my help in each of those areas. So that when you're like, oh, this week I didn't do well in this area, I'm going to make sure and put it into my day planner that I'm going to make, you know, provide balance in that area. So it's a constant balancing act and you can't kick yourself and feel terrible about yourself and have a pity party and have all those negative things going through your head. You just know today I did great at this. Tomorrow, I'm going to do better at that, you know, yes. and just just live your life with some grace and forgiveness and self-love and self-care. It, it's a daily balancing act. I love it. I love the idea so much. <laughs> and um, I think if I keep talking to you, um, one day is not enough because I really love it. <laughs> We have so much to talk about. That's how girls are. We got to talk to our girlfriends, don't we? Yes. <laughs> well, I definitely, definitely have to meet one day. I'll put it in my bucket list as well. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, definitely have to talk again. And, uh, you know, uh, let's raise the voice together for women out there. And then 
Uh, usually I will ask um, my guests in a podcast, like how can people find them? But I think like um, you already give so many, <laughs> Too many. Uh, so many clues. Clue. Thank you so much. And I will make sure that I'll write down uh, all the website that you have, all the gifts that you will give. Uh, so the listener will will take the advantage from it. Like, you know, they can get the value from you from this today's podcast episode. Um, thank you so much. Uh, once again, <laughs> it's amazing. And then uh, we'll see you uh, very, very soon again. <laughs> Well, thank you, Sylvia, and thank you for raising a good voice for women and for giving us a place to talk and to share ideas. I love it. I can see you doing many, many great things. And to all of your listeners, just keep, what is the, the it's a Disney quote, of course, because I'm quoting movies, just keep swimming, just keep moving, keep crossing uh, that growth edge, just keep going. Oh, that's from the Nemo. Yeah, Finding Nemo is such a sweet movie. Yes. Wow. Well, thank yeah. you again so much and have an awesome day. Or actually what I say on my podcast at the end is make it a great day. Make it a great day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Unlock Your Best Version podcast. Have a wonderful day and whatever happened, remember to smile because everything happens for us for the great reason. Connect with me through my Facebook page, Sylvia Astuti Gunawan. And if you love to read, you can check my blog, sylvia-astutigunawan.medium.com and surround yourself with positive people and share the love and only love. Bye-bye.